Hey everybody, welcome back. My name is Zach Hampton and today marks the very first day of this incredible series, this podcast series where I'll be featuring the most phenomenal artists from around the world. Some of them you have definitely heard of, some of them you might not have heard of, uh, all of which you need to hear of. <laughs> uh, without further ado, I want to introduce you to our first guest, the first guest of many, many guests, Kai Lun Q. Kai is a phenomenal artist, uh, absolute standout artist uh, that is, you know, over the last year has been just been building momentum on the social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, etc., etc. He has such a wide range of skill, and I really think we're all going to really benefit from uh, listening to what he has to say about where he came from, where he's going, how he's doing things now. And so, without further ado, here's Kai Lun Q. Kai, for those that don't know you, why don't you just give him like a little, uh, you know, that synopsis, uh, where you came from, how you came to be the uh, pro artist that you are now? <laughs> uh, I don't know about pro artist, but um, <laughs> yeah, my name is uh, Kai, Kai Luton Q. Um, uh, I'm from California and mm. I primarily work in uh, oil painting and drawing. Mm. Uh, been at it for Man, <laughs> like, uh, been at drawing for t around 10 years and been at painting for around five years now. Um, and yeah, I've just been painting and teaching uh, throughout just my whole career. And mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, it's so good, man. Like, we actually have a similar background. I don't know if you noticed, but I, I came from dancing too into, into painting as well. Oh wait! How did you know I? How did you know I dance? <laughs> what do you mean? How do I know you dance? You put it all up on your story and everything, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I guess it's so. It's no secret, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh really? That's awesome. What kind of dance did you do? Yeah. Well, actually, I I was I did a little bit of hip hop and stuff, but it was mm. mainly just like contemporary and ballet and stuff. Nice, nice. That's yeah. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good fun. Good fun. So you always, you always, you were doing like, what was it? Is it just popping? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I got a lot of different styles. Um, mm. I, I started dancing. I mean, it's always been just been like an ongoing passion for me. Hey. Um, like I, I, I always have to kind of, I guess, I always tell my friends I, I need to like find a way to balance the two because <laughs> I, I feel like I'm like living double lives sometimes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just because the crowd that I hang out with it's just so different when it's like painting versus when it's dancing. Um, so I try <laughs> to mesh the two up or like try to, you know, have a good balance between both of them. Uh, I started dancing like maybe like when I was like middle school, mm -hmm. like 13, 14. And that was just mm -hmm. because of Michael Jackson. And then um, I researched uh, what kind of dance he did and I saw it was popping and I was like, oh, so then mm -hmm. I started doing that. But yeah, it's just been a hobby, like, you know, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> yeah. nowadays just to, like, stress relief and, uh, yeah. yeah, find some other creative outlet when I'm not painting, or I'm not teaching, but, yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's a big thing, hey, between balancing that, that painting aspect, which is so, so much in our heads and, and you know, a little bit of our arms and stuff, <laughs> but then, yeah. and then, yeah. and then the creative side of dancing and stuff and, and actually just moving our body. It's just it, it's crazy because you'll you'll we'll go we'll go like sixteen hours in the studio without a thought, 
and then you know we'll stand up and we'll wake up the next day and we're like oh why am i so stiff <laughs> you know yeah. and we just we just really forget to move uh, so that i sort of i transitioned from dancing uh i danced for like a, a quite a number of years um and uh i would always been drawing and stuff but yeah. i sort of transitioned out of that at the end of my at the end of school cup and uh just started doing uh painting and stuff like that uh and then that's kind of where it folded into my, myself for me and then so instead of doing painting dancing it's kind of gone into gym painting oh, okay. so so that's kind of like where i'm getting my movement and stuff from so i haven't really done much dancing aside from like alone in the studio <laughs> yeah, yeah. for for a number of years but uh what so you're i know that you're self you're pretty self-taught hey from your painting stuff aren't you like it's um, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's like it's like uh the, you hit the books hard and you sort of learn learn from trial and error is that is that right or how did that come about i mean um Kinda, yeah. So it's it's like I'm just gonna go into a, sh a little spiel about about yeah, like please. how I came about uh, what I'm doing. It's actually pretty weird. Um, a little bit, definitely not as common as most painters or artists nowadays. Uh, just because you know, um, I know a lot of painters, like maybe you know, even you yourself included. Like you know, you're probably painting right now because you know mm. you, you really felt like it was fun. You really wanted to like. You know, keep doing it right like yeah. a lot of people are started drawing and painting because they it was kind of you know either a hobby or a passion or you know something that they found joy in that is kind of like the opposite for me actually um huh. i started my yeah a lot, not a lot of people like really know this uh but yeah i started uh art actually i mean i've always been drawing but i've been drawing like little cartoons and stuff when i was a mm. kid and uh i was Born in China, and I came here to um, California when I was two, and mm -hmm. I stayed here and you know grew up here. Uh, so like around San Francisco, and then we moved to Silicon Valley. Uh, it was just me, my mom, and my grandma, and uh, my parents are divorced, but they're still on good terms. And my dad's an art professor in China, actually, so oh, okay. he's like yeah. all the way in China. Yeah, so um, you know, it was uh, it was kind of weird because. I was not a good kid, actually, when I mm. was, um, you know, when I was young. I, I didn't have good grades. Um, mm. Like, I actually barely passed middle school. Um, <laughs> like, it was pretty bad. I think I single-handedly dragged down the entire school's, like, rating. Um, <laughs> Preaching to the choir. Yeah. yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. The principal had to sit my mom down. Uh, I remember, like, when uh, it was, like, middle school graduation. And she was just like, yeah, your kid's not going to survive high school here. Because I was going to school in Silicon Valley. And yeah. the education system is, like, really tough there, you know. Yeah, right, so, right. You know, and I, I didn't listen. Like, I, I was like, I don't care. Like, you know, I don't want to say I was, like, super bad. Um, and my mom just couldn't take it anymore. So she called my dad. And she's like, listen, I can't take this anymore. Um, I'm going to send him to China. You oh. know? So <laughs> she sent me to China. And she, she actually tricked me to go to China because... Uh, she says, we're visiting your grandparents for the summer. I'm like, cool. So we went and then when we, she was like, all right, so, you know, this is where you'll be staying at now. I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, oh, uh, yeah, you're, you're going to school here. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, no. Yeah. So my dad, um, you know, because he's an art professor there uh, mm. at one of the top universities, like art universities. He was mm. able to, I guess, 
go like go through the back door and like let me into one of the uh, art academy high schools oh, wow. in China. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's some serious stuff over there. I've seen very, a lot of yeah, Chinese it's, artists. It's, That's it's, incredible. It's yeah, very different than any any art programs here in high school because oh, yeah. of them. Yeah. In China, I don't know if you know this. Probably do, but you know they took inspiration from the Russian. Uh, Repin Institute and Russian academies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, around like turn of the century, like, you know, when modernism in America and Europe really hit, China was still very much about preserving traditions. So mm. they incorporated the academic teachings of the Russian academies into like just their um, public curriculum. Mm. So if you were to study art in China, you will be studying under the Russian academic method, especially if you were in one of the actual art schools, you know, so mm. that included um, portrait drawing, figure drawing, cast drawing, still life drawing, and um, like they didn't have oil painting because there's like so many students, I'm pretty sure the environment will completely just get destroyed if everyone was painting, so they had a uh, gouache yeah. painting, so they used like gouache. Um, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. And did like these like a la prima-esque um, still life paintings and portrait paintings and stuff. Mm. But yeah, so I went there and it was a, a huge culture shock, you know, because, you yeah. know, in America, right? Like you wake up at like, what, seven to eight, go to school, <laughs> get home at like two, do homework for like, what, one, two hours and just like chill, right? Yeah, and yeah, there, yeah, if that. <laughs> it was, um, I had to wake up at, uh, because I lived a little farther away from school, so I had to get up at like four to five in the morning. Uh, mm. I had to walk and then take the bus and uh, it was until like five or six that I got to school. And I was just there. I was there until like 10 p.m. Like mm. every day for mm. six. They didn't have Saturdays off. So it was just Sundays off. Um, and there was like a huge language barrier too. Because, you know, I was raised in California. So my Chinese wasn't the best. Yeah. Uh, I had trouble understanding a lot of stuff. Mm. And uh, but, but it, it got better over time, right? So now I, yeah. I say I'm like pretty fluent at it. But, you know, back then it was a little hard um and yeah like my 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 <laughs> my dad kind of tricked me too when he told me he was enrolling me in this because that time i really liked drawing anime you know i like uh, yes of course so <laughs> i wanted to draw stuff like that and i asked yeah. my dad like, oh hey um are they gonna teach me how to draw like goku or you know dragon ball z or stuff like that? <laughs> yeah they'll teach you all that stuff i'm like really so i went there and um yeah Oh man, like <laughs> no I, like, Goku. A portrait, like a portrait model, um, and everyone was like drawing, like super, like you know, serious because they've been training to get in because you actually had to like test to get into this school, um, mm. and I didn't test anything, so I was like completely <laughs> zero, and everybody just like super serious, started drawing, mm. you know, in that academic tradition. And I was looking at everyone like they were crazy. I was like, what is this? Like, why are everyone drawing like this? So I just like put the, my drawing board on my lap and I started just doodling drawing mozzie characters. And at uh, that time, I thought I was showing off. I'm like, yeah, guys, check this out. This is like, this is real art right here. <laughs> and then the teacher came over and taught me my first lesson. Like, he was like, what are you doing? Like, he like punished me. He had me like stand outside and stuff. He thought I was like insulting his class. Um, oh, no. That was like my first day. So, oh my god! <laughs> thrown in the was, deep end there. Pretty, yeah, pretty brutal. It was pretty. Yeah, but you know, I I was there for two years. You know, and um, I, I guess it's just through environment. I was living in the dorms there, mm. and I was able to. You know, I, I was in the dorms, and I was living with some 
like really good draftsmen. Like some of these students, they're like super good. I actually learned more from the students than the teachers because the teachers didn't teach us anything. Because really? they just you already know everything. Yeah, because you uh, test. Uh, okay. So they just like, you know, they mark your name and that's it. You're there right. for the timing. You know, you're not there for the education. It's not like an atelier where it's like they start you from the basics. Everyone who's there already knows the basics. Right. So really there just to say, hey, I'm attending the school. How you know? old is everybody there? They were like, like uh, freshman year, like 13, 14. Wow. And these, yeah. these kids, they were like producing works that are like, you know, like the equivalent of some like the ateliers that I see here, like, you know, some really high quality cast drawings. They're not like, you know, if I were to show you these works, you probably wouldn't be thinking that, oh, these are done by high school kids. You'd probably be thinking like, oh, like second, third year, like atelier students or something, you know, you probably mm -hmm. be thinking that. But no, these are all like kids, like 13, mm. 14 year olds. Um, so I was in that environment for like two years. Mm. And, and then I came back. Uh, <laughs> so that was actually how I um, got my drawing training because um, I trained a little bit over there um, mm. uh, in terms of, you know, uh, the Russian academic way of drawing, which, you know, I don't know if you know, but uh, it's, we're only using graphite and it's only cross hatching and like using straight lines to kind of create this architectural uh you know block in structural block in and you just kind of go from there and you only always have to hatch or cross hatch there is no other way right um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, and, and i mean that time i was like around like my second year there before i came back here i thought you know that was like the only way to draw right because yeah. you think like, that's, that's everything like, you think you think that's the only because like that was the only time i was exposed to something like that right yeah. Um, and then I guess I was lucky. I was able to go on an internship program um, in in Shanghai, actually. So mm. I went to Shanghai to the Shanghai Academy of Art for like this selected inter internship program. It was me and a couple of other students. Um, and then at the same hotel that we were staying at, uh, there was another group of uh, master's degree students. So they were older than us. They were master's degree students uh, from America that were attending mm. Uh, um, residency program as well and they just so happened to be in the same hotel as us and we were under the same program mm -hmm. and those were students from the New York Academy of Art and uh, mm -hmm. you know one of the students there I actually got to meet him through dance like I didn't know that he was, <laughs> nice. uh, he was an artist uh, and I don't know if you've seen his work or not but if you haven't I definitely recommend you check it out his name is uh, Nicholas Sanchez so he has these, oh like, yes yeah 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 like, yeah so I met him that time so he was a part of that group um, and then he's a hip hop dancer. So I actually, have no idea he danced. Yeah. He, he, he connected through me. Like he knocked on my door in the hotel. He's like, Hey man, I, I heard that you dance. I'm like, Oh yeah. And then like we went downstairs and we jammed in the streets. Um, nice. you know, it was after like they left, my friends were like, Oh my God, you talked to Nick, uh, Nico. How was he? I was like, Oh yeah, he's good. How do you know him? And they're like, I love his drawings. I'm like, wait, he draws. <laughs> like I, I have no whole idea. He actually has a drawing of me. I think it's still on his website. Uh, oh, really? his ballpoint pen series yeah yeah um if you i think it's under like the chinese residency series but you'll probably see me there yeah so he took a picture of me uh and i thought it was a little weird because i didn't know that he drew but then like afterwards i saw that he drew me i'm like oh shoot it's really good um <laughs> but that was actually the first time i met artists who were um you know drawing in a different academic way mm. than you know what i was used to right mm. that was the first step um yeah. And then the final step, the second step that really helped elevate like my mind or like, you know, help me kind of expand my thinking 
outside of like the academics was uh, this one time. Uh, so during, this is during summer. This is um, the summer before I came back to America, right? Uh, because the summer, like our summer break, it's not like you don't you don't uh, you don't relax. <laughs> like my dad signed me up to this art studio where literally I was um, waking up every day at like six in the morning and I was yeah. training there and drawing. Like we were drawing cast or whatever. We were there until like eleven to twelve p.m. I mean mm. twelve, yeah, twelve a.m. Right, and mm. it was it, it was like that seven days a week, you know. So no nice. break. That's right. Good. <laughs> um, it's like super intensive and mm. um, but it was great. You know, like you make the best of the situation. I, I honestly enjoyed my time in China. Like if I can go back and relive it, I definitely would. Like mm. some of my best memories were made there. Um, mm. Some of the, you know, a lot of my teachers that I really respect, you know, but anyways, so um, one day, because I think twice every month, they will show us uh, these videos of like these Chinese academic drawing teachers like just drawing like portrait demonstrating and stuff just to kind of help us see oh like you know you were supposed to be drawing in this particular way mm. um but one day the teacher was like oh hey guys um let's let's watch something different today let's watch something different today um yeah we'll just enjoy it but don't copy what this artist is doing this artist is an american artist right <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're like, yeah. I'm like, ooh, American artist. So I, I was thinking about like Nico and those guys, right? Um, yeah. And I was like, ooh, this is interesting. And they're like, yeah, but, and then the teacher kept stressing over and over how we can watch, but we cannot let it influence us whatsoever. Like, this is literally just like no different yeah. than just watching the Hollywood blockbuster. Like, it's like, just <laughs> don't think of it as reality. Don't think of it as something that you can practice yourself. Right. And we're like, that's so weird. And then he showed this video. It was like, uh, and, um, I, the way that the artist was like drawing, I was just like, oh my God, like it was so different than what I've yeah. ever seen before. And I was like, why can't we learn this? Like, um, I'll, I'll tell you this artist's name, you'll definitely know who this is. Uh, but at that time I was like, oh my God, like I, it was like a whole different world for me. Mm. Uh, the artist was Casey Bach. <laughs> <laughs> That's real different than cross-hatching. Casey Bach, before he had a beard, like this is when, uh, he, uh, it was like short hair, yeah. short hair. Yeah, short hair and uh, <laughs> he, like, curly hair. And then um, he was drawing like this charcoal drawing of this mm -hmm. girl looking down. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen that before, but yeah. And he, he started out with this like charcoal sock, you know, and then yep, he started. The, yeah, the sachet uh, thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the charcoal sachet. And then like uh, she, he started using the needable erasers and yep. uh, he used like his blending stump. I didn't even know what a blending stump was. I didn't even. Yeah. I've never even, we don't use blending stumps. That mm. we just put tissue paper, that's it. Mm. Pencil, tissue paper, that's all we use. And then he started using like these blocks of charcoal. I didn't even know what charcoal was. So, <laughs> what is that? And then I was like, he started sprinkling like powers and he started like, you know, using his little uh, acetone. Yeah, I was like, the acetone. His drawing, but that looks so good. I was like so dumb that I tried that with graphite and water. No. <laughs> ruined my drawing like later that day and then the teacher like yelled at me for like an hour like telling me like you know this is why you should not i told you you should not like <laughs> so um but that really opened my mind up because like that time when the teacher's like oh you must not learn this like you know you must still do the academic i was like why obviously there's like a whole different world out there of possibilities like why can't i learn this right mm. 
So I asked the teacher, Who's this, who is this artist? Like, I didn't know who he was because they, they completely turned the volume down and instead just played Chinese pop music because, like, they're like, we can't understand what he's saying anyways. So let's just. <laughs> right, and, uh, right. <laughs> and it's like, who is this artist? And the teacher's like, I don't know, some white guy. I'm like, <laughs> I went on, like, a research bench, like, uh, and in China, they didn't have Google. They had, like, this thing yeah. called Baidu. So I had to go on Baidu and I had to type in, like, in Chinese, I had to type in, like, American contemporary charcoal realism portrait girl looking down. Like, I was, like, really <laughs> to find it. Cost a wide net. Cost a wide yeah, net. Yeah, yeah. And then I finally <laughs> found it and mm. I realized his name was Casey Buck. Then I started researching. And then I went deep into the rabbit hole. And mm. then I found people like uh, Joseph Dadarovich, uh, Jeremy Looking, and then finally Richard Schmidt, who, yeah. you know, uh, Casey studied under. Yep. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so different. And this is so beautiful. Like, I want to... Like I want to learn this. Like, yeah. how do I? How yeah. do I learn? This? I mean, like, that time I wasn't even bothering with oil painting. Oil painting was um, just like some forbidden medium to me. I I wasn't even attempting to use it because, um, like like I said, my whole family is uh, a whole family of artists. Uh, my older sister, she actually was my first drawing teacher. Like, she taught me how to draw a little bit. Um, and she does like these hyper realistic um, oil paintings actually. Mm, so wow. I saw her oil paint. And in China, like you must. The only people who are oil painting are the people who's graduated from the academy, and they have like really high technical abilities. Right. So the right. only oil paintings I are like really good quality, high quality oil paintings. So mm. I always thought like oil paint was like just some magical medium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's only associated with the gods. <laughs> would never have access to just because like my skill yeah. will never be that high. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, in a game where it's like. You know, that armor is, like, forever going to be unlocked until you get to, like, level 80. I'm like, well, I'm never going to get to level 80. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like that, right? So mm. I didn't even think about oil painting. So I wasn't a oil painting at all. Or, mm. uh, And I really sucked at painting gouache that time, too. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah I, my colors was horrible. Like, they were really, really bad. Is that because they weren't teaching you how to use it? They just expected you to yeah, use it? they were teaching us, but I just was not receptive to their teachings right. and i just okay. didn't understand color i think it was just because my drawing was still kind of eh you know i was like still trying to like get my drawing to be good mm. having troubles with like values and structure and all that stuff uh, yeah well that yeah. helped that you know um in order you know like i didn't i never cleaned my painting supplies like my wash supplies i never cleaned <laughs> because you, know, you got to go to like next to the bathroom and it smelled really bad and then like the water was like ice cold and then during winter like who will want yeah. to do themselves so my oh, paint no. was as stiff and as dry as like <laughs> oh, no. yeah it's not helping Colors, like, <laughs> cheap to refill them so i was just painting with like a, a stiff 30 brush with like stiff 30 colors so <laughs> with no understandings of colors or values so of course it was that right yeah, of course of course and i came back to the states and yeah. you know in china that time like you know um like looking back at it now like I was still, you know, still learning. I was still a student, um, but so in China, I was like considered like average, maybe a little above average because I was like training every day. I was trying to like you know work, um, mm. trying to practice. So I was a little above average, I guess. They test mm. you every every um, every other month, so yeah. I knew I was a little above average because I was like testing above average, you okay. know, <laughs> skills, you know. Yeah. But then when I came back here. Um, I didn't know that, you know, in the two years there, I was just doing art. I wasn't mm. doing any of the academics, like uh, math, yeah. uh, math, 
or history or whatever, right? All the unimportant stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, I, I couldn't do the math because, yeah. like, it was unreal how dif- different and difficult the education system there was. Like, mm-hmm. I remember I was, like, looking through my SAT booklet because I still had to study for the SATs. Mm-hmm. And I was looking through, like, this calculus question. And I was, like, you know, really racking my brain around it. And then one of my classmates, he's, like, you know, he was, like, this goofball. Like, he, he was not, like, one of the good students. Like, he didn't, like, you know, he wasn't really there in class all the time. I like, yep. he saw the calculus question. And he's, like, oh, I remember doing that back in, like, elementary school. Is that, uh-huh. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, their math is, like, so difficult to the point where, like, I can barely keep up with algebra. So I, I had, like, no idea what they were doing. Yeah. Like, the fact that they already completed calculus when they were like in elementary school so i had like, no Boy. clue what they yeah. were even doing anymore but so yeah so when i came back here you know i, I didn't have any like credits academic credits to mm. attend normal high school but this mm. high school in san francisco um the high school of arts san francisco it's called i think ruth asawa school of the arts uh they were able to accept me because i went there with my portfolio which is basically just like a bunch of academic drawings that i did and then we went to the school and they were like, oh, it's like in the middle of the season because I, I came back at a weird time. And right, right. Like, we're not taking any more students. And then I was like, well, I already brought my drawing, so I'm going to keep it here. Why don't you guys just take a look at it and, you know. See what happens. What, see what happens, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the very next day they called me back and they were like nicer and they were like, oh, yeah, can you come in? And it's like, you know, and they accepted me, which is good. And right. That time, you know, I guess I was using the academic skills that I learned to kind of help me move forward with school. And I guess it was it was pretty good. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I was able to get pretty high marks in the art classes um, and prepare for art college. Right. Mm -hmm. But that time I was still wasn't painting. I was still only drawing. Like I I already decided I was never going to paint because I just felt like it was just some mystery medium I'll never, ever touch, you know. (laughs) Uh, and it it didn't help that i tried oil painting actually in high school i tried it junior and senior year i tried Mm -hmm. it a few times and it it just was not good to the point where like i would bring it home to my mom for her to see and she was just like oh my god your colors are garbage oh my god don't ever (laughs) again just just draw never touching that again Yeah, just draw because like she's like this is like so bad. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, uh, so I just never attempted to paint. Um, mm. You know, until sophomore year of college. So we're slowly moving up the timeline, close to like where we're at now. Yeah, right? yeah. So, uh, so then I got I got into the Maryland Institute College of Arts, like uh, which is like this uh, art school in the East Coast. Uh, I went there. I uh, actually went there as an animation major. Uh, just because I, I was like, well, I like animation. So, mm. you know, it would be fun to maybe work on in animation in the future. So I had no idea what I wanted to do, actually. I was like jumping between animation, graphic design, even photography, because I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Right? Like anything but like painting, right? <laughs> yeah, of um, course, of course. <laughs> and I remember like, you know, on my way to college, like on my way to like the, like, the first year, I remember I asked my dad about it too because my dad's much nicer than my mom mm-hmm. you know so i asked him like what his opinions were because he's an art professor mm. so i was like hey dad um like what do you think i should study when i go to college uh, 
And then he's like, you can study whatever you want, son. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, what if I want to do, like, oil painting? Like, you know, you guys. And then my dad was just like, um, he was like, you know what? Why don't you try, you know, I think you should study curatorial art so that you can help sell other people's paintings. Oh, no. I, uh, <laughs> I don't think we're cut out to paint. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> Jeez. So I was like, okay. Jeez. And then, like, you know, I asked my mom about that, too. And then mm. she's like, don't you dare yeah. oil paint. Because she's like, I've seen you oil paint before. Don't make me laugh. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, okay. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> mm. And then I went to college. And for the first year, I was just undecided. I was just, like, hopping around classes and stuff. And then the second year, you know, we took a trip down to the National Portrait Gallery in D.C. Mm. And we went there. And I remember I was, like, running on an all-nighter that day. So I was, like, super tired. It's like, super tired. Oh, I really was, like, leaning on my friend's backpack. I was, like, sleeping while I was walking because I was, like, so tired. We were going through the presidential, like, portrait section. I was like, oh, my God, kill me. Because, like, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Um, <laughs> And then, like, my friend uh, was like, oh, dude, look at this painting. Like, this painting looks pretty cool. I'm like, what painting? I don't care. Like, he's like, no, 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 look. So I looked, and I looked. It was, like, this giant painting in front of me, and it was John Singer Sargent's uh, Spanish Dancer. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. So when I saw that painting, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it woke me up. Like, I was like, Jesus. It's so yeah. good. It wasn't even El Jaleo, which is the study that the Spanish Dancer was, uh, was based off of. Mm -hmm. It was just a study. Mm. Uh, the biggest study I've ever seen because it's like super super big it's like two times life size um, yeah. but then like I saw it I was like oh my god like I, I stood there for like 10 minutes mm. literally and after that I was like okay I don't care I'm gonna try oil painting now because I'm like if I can just capture like if I can just even attempt to capture like 0.1% of the yeah. beauty that I'm seeing here I'm like I think it'll be worth it so mm. I went back I got my first oil painting supplies, and I, I booked like a the first oil painting class at the at my college that I you know uh, yeah, that that's what I did. Mm. Uh, and then of course the colleges you know art schools like they don't really teach you much in terms of like realism, right? right. So, yeah. uh, but but they did give you a lot of freedom to kind of just work. So I mean that gave me time to just kind of experiment, right? Yeah. And yeah. they did like the teacher did answer some questions. Um, that I had, which is like, okay, what is oil painting? Like, what's, what is the difference between, like, you know, linseed oil and, like, Gamsol? Like, they can still answer those kind of questions, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, what anything was. Um, and, yeah, so I, I just kind of did that. Mm. And it was, it was pretty hard, actually, because when I was trying to learn how to paint, uh, there really wasn't any resources out there. Like, you know, right now I'm teaching at Sentian Academy, uh, mm. where we have, like, really affordable classes and stuff. There was mm. nothing like that when I was trying to learn how to paint. You know, you probably know too. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Same boat. <laughs> the only people I knew were like Casey Buck, Richard Schmidt, Jeremy Lipkin. So I kind of went off that. So Casey had like these YouTube videos online, mm. you know, of people shooting him. Like when he's like doing those. Yeah, so over those, his shoulder. Yeah, those are the only videos I watched. Yeah. Uh, when I was like attempting to teach myself how to paint. Mm. And the other thing that I used to kind of teach myself how to paint was... Um, you know, I like, you know, like those uh, little dial like DVDs, uh, you know, like those artist painting DVDs. Oh, they, yes. Right. Um, yeah. I have enough money to buy those because I was a poor college student. But yeah. all I did was I just studied the trailers. That's what I did. 
I was like, yeah, yeah. like a one-minute, two-minute trailer. Every time I sat a two-minute trailer, that was like a gold mine. I was like, oh my god, two minutes. Yes. <laughs> Usually, I, I was like only making deal with like 30 seconds to 50 seconds, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so I would like, you know, pause the videos like every five seconds. And I would like try to, cause like they skip, right? They skip from yeah, like yeah, yeah. minute 20 to minute one hour, right? <laughs> yeah. I would skip, and so I would like pause and I would like try to like decipher what they did between these two frames. So that's how I essentially studied, you know? Mm. Like I was thinking, man, if like there were things like, you know, Sentient Academy or like, you know, um, Fine Art America or, you know, all those like different um, yeah. websites nowadays, I'll probably be way better as a painter. <laughs> just figure out even some of the most basic things because uh, like I was like going through loops and going through circles and stuff mm. right um, and yeah I mean that's basically how I kind of um, taught myself in a way and um, another way that I did it so this is like just me answering your original question now yeah yeah, like, yeah. I, like, <laughs> whole thing spiel of how I started but like no it's this, been good it's been good <laughs> yeah, and I guess like it, it was good because um, I got like I, I think I felt like I had kind of a talent at um, studying with very little just because in China like there was a language barrier the first year and teachers weren't teaching and you know yeah. I was embarrassed to ask the students so I learned by watching you yeah. know so even in China at the academy I wasn't really being taught I was still was like self-teaching myself just by observing you know yeah. uh, so I guess by doing that, I had like uh, it's a little easier for me to kind of pick things up visually and try to decipher and dissect things visually, right? Um, so another thing that I did was I, I made friends with um, this painter, this artist up in New York. He actually recently blew up uh, Devon Rodriguez, the guy that draws all the subways, uh, subway writers. And he recently blew up on TikTok, I think. And, uh, you know, he's a great artist. I, you know, we met through Instagram back when we were in high school. And when I was in the East Coast, I, uh, like, we connected again. And then he invited me to this thing called the Drawathon. Uh, okay. in, and, you know, he's like, oh, it's like this event where you just pay, like, like uh, small fees, like $20, $30. And it's like an all-day thing where they have many models all around and, he says sometimes they even have like artists coming in to, you know, paint as well. You can like chill with them. Damn. So I went there for the first time and, you know, that was the first time I met people like Max Ginsburg and uh, Ricky right. Mujica, you know, Garrett Baker. They were all there. And, and I was like, oh man, you know, so I was like, oh, it's like my first time meeting such good artists, right? And, um, and I, I started like learning from them as well. I didn't learn from them, but I like I, I set up my easel like really close to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what they were doing, it's like you know, trying to, I guess, steal everything that I can during that. Of course. Week, right? And then that just became a habit for me. So you know, mm -hmm. I would travel to different places in the East Coast, uh, like Philadelphia. I went to like Studio and Kamenati's open sessions. You know, mm -hmm. near Academy, I go to like Art Students League, stu open student sessions where like, you know, I'll visit like Grand Central Atelier. Like I just go to all these different places mm -hmm. and if you have like open studio sessions, I would just go to the open studio sessions mm -hmm. and then I'll find me the best person there. And then I'll just set myself <laughs> up right next to them. <laughs> you know? I think uh, that the best, the, the, like uh, I think one of the really, really prominent memories I had was this one time I went to, this is already around when I was like a senior in college. Like this is already when I was already, um, you know, 
uh, I think it was a little after I got an award from the Portrait Society, but uh, oh. I went to the Samogandi Club for a portrait painting competition, you know, that my friend invited me to. And, mm. you know, it, it was like a signed, a signed seating. You like pick a number. So this time it was super lucky of me, I guess, because uh, my circle, like, you know, where I was sitting at, there was like an empty spot right here. And I remember I was like just painting. I was like, I was wondering who, I mean, I wasn't painting. Like, no one could paint. You know, you have to wait until, like, the timer started. And right, then you could... Right. Ricky, Ricky Buhika was right right in front of me. So I was like, oh, super cool, super cool, right? That time, he and I were already good friends. He's also also, he's also a dancer. So we talk about dancing a lot. Yeah. He know these artists? <laughs> original B-Boys in New York. Wow. Like, like, the Rocksteady crew. Like, he used to B-Boy on the streets and stuff when he was young. Whoa. Uh, yeah, Ricky Buhika. I bet you never knew that, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Whoa. so... Yeah, he and I almost started a cipher like in a uh, in the Portrait Society banquet. <laughs> like we started like you know we were we were we started like locking and then I started like you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's so good. Yeah, and then like there was this empty spot next to me at the Samogani Club, and I was like just wondering who this. I was like, who this person slate, you know? And then the person finally showed up, and then you know, and then I saw them, and it was Jacob Collins. And I was like, oh, she was. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So uh, yeah, Jacob Collins, the founder of the Grand Central Atelier. But dang, so, oh, man, like yes, read them. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> to listen to this podcast, I, I hope they don't mind that I. I've been teaching off of everyone. No, they're like, I thought, I thought some of my stuff was being stolen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess just you know that's basically how I learned. You know, just self-teaching, just trying to be a sponge and just trying to soak everything up. Um, I I always tell students, you know, like my students especially, when mm. they're like, oh, I, you know, they take pride in like being self-taught. Um, mm. I think being self-taught and self-teaching is very different. I, I think I'm self-teaching. Um, self-taught basically, you know, I, I see a lot of students like they're not looking at anything. They're just kind of like just mm. doing everything. They're like, I don't want to get influenced by everything, anything, right? <laughs> I'm like, I don't really feel that's productive because you know yeah. you're just gonna always be in your little box right for me i'm self-teaching because i like i don't have like a like a like a like a state like a, a teacher mm. but like i'm trying to teach myself like and trying to like expose myself to so many different things because like you know because i have no teacher i'm like hungry for a lot of things right yeah like what i can get you yeah. know so i guess that also helped me in my own teaching because you know i, I have students coming at me like saying they have different interests and stuff and I guess I'm a little bit more open-minded just because I'm accepting of all styles, just because, you know, I, I have yeah. to, like, absorb everything. I, I couldn't pick and choose, you know. I, I've yeah. met some artists who are like, oh, I only like this particular style. And I was just like, I can't be that picky because, like, for me, I had nothing. So, I like, I'm open to everything. You yeah. know what I mean? But, yeah, hopefully that answered your question. That was, like, really long. <laughs> no, that's good. That's great. I'm so glad that we um, you took us from point A to point B. That really yeah, fleshed a lot of things good. out wouldn't have like made much sense if I just like skipped all the way to like uh, yeah be like, how did you I was like oh hundred percent hundred percent that was that was fantastic I really appreciate that um yeah l look a lot of those things the uh the self taught and self teaching uh you know you really nailed that one because uh, I think when I was a lot younger I was I was I didn't have anybody, obviously, there was nobody. And in Australia, it's even worse because uh, right. Australia only has 
uh, one type of art scene, and and that's that's like this like postmodern type of art scene, and that's it, right? So that's 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 as far as we go pretty much here. And as far as ateliers go, there's really only kind of one, but the rest are just kind of just more, again, like postmodernist type of stuff. Uh, and uh, that's just that's just how it, how it sort of rolls here in Australia. And there's uh, there's not a lot that you can do about that. Obviously, being a kid, <laughs> so thank God, like I'm kind of born in the age of the internet. You know, yeah. uh, you know, like you said, those trailers, big deal, big deal. Seeing those, you know, those trailers, seeing popping up and stuff. And yeah. so yeah, I'm I'm much the same. Just anything that I could grab a hand, grab my hand on, I was like. I would just be a sponge and I'd be like, yep, yep, okay. <laughs> and then straight away while I'm like watching it, I'm like, okay, let me try this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <definitely. laughs> yeah. You know, all the while. So yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, big deal here as well, for sure. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, what you said about how coming from China back to the US and, and that sort of, that strict teaching didn't even have Saturdays off. And then going over to the US and stuff and that teaching, you know, that complete juxtaposition between the two. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Because I, I went to a place called National Art School here in Australia. And it's kind of an atelier type of thing. Like they do small classrooms that have models come in. You get some really great teachers who know what they're talking about. But then you also get teachers that are like, see that line there? That's more than just a line, bro. <laughs> you know, and it's just like I'm like, okay, well, I didn't, you know, I I went there wanting to like learn how to sort of translate what I see around me into into you know something tangible on on in two D plane, you know, and it's really hard to get here, <laughs> and uh, and but because the way like our whole schooling system is set up, it sort of flows into the the way that our universities are set up as well it's this really relaxed sort of nine to five and then like once you're done you're done you don't talk about it you don't think about it sort of thing and even while you're doing it people are just sitting back and relaxing just like watching youtube or something you're like shit man we've got a model right here and you know i've got like from 9 a.m to 5 p.m to just do as much as i can and you're sitting here just like chilling on youtube <laughs> You know, so there's a, there's a such a sense of like, there's no you know urgency, there's no just you know discipline in anybody here, and so that's something that I had to had to self teach as well. On top of like self teaching, how to paint, how to draw, yeah. I had to teach myself how to you know be disciplined in all sort of. I guess this kind of carries into all aspects of my life, but specifically to learn how to paint and how to draw. And that was there, man. That was such a that was such a big like transition thing because, uh, you know, I'd be there, nine a.m. to five p.m. I'd get home because because where I live is kind of outside of the city of Sydney, and so it takes like about two hours and a half to get there and back, and so by the time I get home, it's like uh, it's like seven eight o'clock at night. And then I just had enough time to go to the gym and then come back and go to sleep. And then on the weekends, I'd just, I'd have a day job. So I'd work. <laughs> and so that I was there for like a year because the second and third year just go into less and less hands-on from like the teachers. And so you kind of just left, left more and more to your own devices and stuff, which isn't, isn't what I wanted to do and not something I wanted to get into more debt over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so exactly. There's there's such a big thing. Hey, just talking about just the the sort of Western to Eastern sort of style of just education, education, and and the way that you conduct yourself through life as well as well as on top of that. Is that something you have to teach yourself as well? That sort of, or did you kind of pick that up coming from coming from uh, having that experience in that sort of Eastern education sort of thing? That sort of um the strict sort of uh, way you conduct yourself, you know? Um, I mean, it definitely, like, I, I wouldn't lie to say that it definitely disciplined me mm. in a way because, um, you know, like I said before, I wasn't, wasn't the best kid before I went yeah. to China. You know, I, I wasn't really showing respect to, like, uh, my parents or, like, teacher figures or whatever. Mm. Um, bit of a rebel, I guess. <laughs> But when we went to China, it was just you know, one of those things where, you know, here, you know, when you see a teacher in the hallway, mm. like, you could just say, hey, what's up? Or they don't say anything, just ignore them. But in China, if you see a teacher, even if you don't know this teacher, mm. you have to stop and do a slight bow and say, oh, hello, teacher. And then mm. you and you go on your way. That's just kind of like the respect. I was like not used to it when I first went, but... Mm. Um, I, I definitely appreciate, you know, what they do over there. And also, it, it definitely helped shape me into the person I am today. Like, mm. I think my mom told me that when I came back here, like, she's, she's like, oh, you're like a different person now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, it, I, I, so I guess it, you know, I guess, I guess it definitely helped me, uh, helped, yeah. I guess, shape not only who I am, but also just uh, how much discipline I can really take, you know, mm. uh, help amplify that a little bit more. So I was able to, you know, like for me, it didn't feel like after you go there, anything here does not feel like hard work anymore. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so for me, it just felt like, you know, felt like it was never enough. So it felt like, you know, I could mm. keep on going with mm. study and with, uh, and honestly, for me, um, especially learning art, learning painting, you know, trying to learn all this, it didn't feel like work anymore. It didn't feel tiring because it was something I enjoyed. Mm. So it's kind of like, like I, I felt more, more like a like a video game in a way where I wanted to like increase my experience. Like, yeah. like every painting was like a new boss or a new quest. <laughs> yeah. After I complete that painting, I earned so much so experience points, right? Mm. So after that, it was just literally about leveling up. You know, mm. they say level up. With I literally was thinking of that in a little sense. Like every painting was like a boost in my level up. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it was, uh, it was, it was kind of like that. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I had a similar sort of thought process as well, where I so I came I came to the realization of. I was being way too precious with like my works. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I was like, this is slowing me down. Like I'm, I'm, I'm taking so much energy to just produce one work. And at the end of it, I was like, this is shit. And I knew it was shit from like yeah. halfway through, you know, and I, I should have just dropped it and started another one. But because I was so wrapped up in it and, and, uh, trying to just like stride forward and be like, no, this, this is everything to me. So that's something I, I, I had to like completely 
just let go of in my head. It was a, it was really a, it was a real limiting belief, you know, if you will, like uh, for me, it, it, when uh, just making these paintings and uh, if they weren't turning out good, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd strive to make them great, right? I'd strive to, to, to make them the best I possibly could. Uh, but I wasn't so attached to it. I was starting to become more attached to the lessons, right? So I was valuing the lessons more than I was valuing the uh, the pieces as a whole. Obviously, trying to make them as great as I can, but the lessons, the lessons were was the big mind shift. And from that point, that's kind of where I was like, okay, now I'm picking up pace. Now I'm picking up pace. And uh, fast forward like six six years later, like I look back on a lot of those works that I was like so precious with and I'm like what was I thinking but thank god that I got out of that sort of you know that sort of sort of that that limiting sort of belief you know and it's so interesting how a lot of the painting a lot of the things that we do as artists is so psychological you know it's if you read like uh self-help books uh pretty much every self-help book like I've read or listened to uh, a lot of that I sort of like I'm like, oh yeah, that translates into painting. No, that translates into painting. You know, so it's so strange. I don't know if you've had any of those experiences of like, uh, you know, those sort of limiting beliefs, let go, sort of stuff like that. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, like for me, it was like more of an idea mm. than anything because um, I mean, at least for me, uh, I I had the first. You know, when I came back from China, <clears throat> I actually had to kind of revamp my mind, to rewire my mentality just because, um, I mean, I'm not really dissing the trade in China, but, you know, the way that they taught us, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to uh, portrait drawing, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it was more so like, this is how you draw an eye to mm-hmm. make, you know, I guess, fulfill the criteria of the academic drawing exam that you're going to have to take. This is how you draw a nose. This is how you draw a mouth. Mm. Uh, so then when I came back here, everybody I drew looked Chinese. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I wasn't really thinking about things in terms of shapes. wasn't really in mm. thinking in, terms, in things in terms of, you know, actual. Like I was basically following a formula in a way. Mm. Right. So, you know, when I came back here, I had to actually kind of reteach myself everything how to like you know look at things and you mm. know uh, one thing that really helped me was uh, Richard Schmidt's a la prima book yeah yeah painting bible I like to call that book like my teacher because that yeah. book really is like I think the closest thing I have to like like a legitimate legitimate uh, teacher that's been following me throughout my entire mm. you know entire journey and, you know, that was when I started thinking about things more in terms of abstract shapes. And then I realized, and this is something I repeat to all my students now, everything that you see in reality, they are, they can all, they are, you know, or everything that you're, you're painting, right? If you're trying to paint something realistic, you're not really painting anything realistic. You're making an illusion, an illusion that is just made up of abstract shapes of value and color, mm. right? So, and then if you break it down into just very simplified abstract shapes and you, you can draw and paint anything you're not really yeah. living to anything else anymore so that's like something that i really try to like pass out to my students and you know um the the first time that i read it was richard schmidt's a la prima book the first time i heard it was actually uh 
during my first ever workshop, my first time ever taking an actual class uh, mm. from my first ever real painting teacher, uh, Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Keys. Um, it, it was through, you know, uh, his pilot project, which mm. is like this program that, uh, that was geared towards uh, 17 to 22 year olds students. Mm. And they were able to kind of go study with him for free. Uh, yeah, for like, man, that would have been great. <laughs> yeah, so I was able to go, uh, and yeah, that's when he told me about that. And you know, that was when I started learning about a lot about like the different mindsets that mm. you know, can have as an artist. It, it doesn't just have to be this one mindset, right? Mm. Yeah, essentially, that's hundred percent. Yeah, like even talking back on how case how you were so uh, adamant about how how a drawing was to be constructed then you saw Casey Bow drawing you're like yeah. whoa yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still think a lot of people still look at that way he draws and go hang on <laughs> yeah you know yeah. even today but like it's still it's very different the way that he approaches it you know Definitely. Uh, and that sachet costs a lot especially <laughs> to get it over to Australia it's like 150 bucks just a postage <laughs> yeah yeah man um yeah I know he's yeah it's um just painting painting in general i i think opens itself up to to opening up so many avenues in our mind that you know we start to look at the world and think about the world in a completely different way and you know to the point that we start looking at things and we're like we're not just seeing like i'm looking at a tree but we're looking at like oh, i'm seeing like this this part of the trees and in, in, in the this dark arranged value and then this part of the trees and the lighter sort of thing yeah. and, you know we start we literally taught ourselves to see in a completely different way and then beyond that each each artist has a completely different way a completely different hand at, at painting things and, and the way that their their paintings come about is so individual especially if they've been painting for like 30 plus years, it's so individual that it's really hard to like, for anybody to be like, you know, one for one, really. And I think that's such a beautiful, incredible thing that uh, that we all get to sort of share as artists. Um, but coming back to uh, how you're talking about Sentient Academy and all these uh, incredible things um, that are available to us now, uh, thank God. Like I've been on Sentient Academy as well, and, and oh, like yeah. just just watching a lot of the um, uh, going through uh, a lot of those lessons on there, and, and there's some really good stuff there. Because yeah. before that, it was kind of just um, what was it? Just like New Masters Academy and yeah. um, uh, uh, What's Atelier. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. like because they've got an online thing as well. Um, so I, I was before that I was more on the um, uh, new Mount, new masters academy and stuff, uh, and it's really really good stuff. Really, uh, I learned a lot from that, and then from that as well, the uh, uh, Caesar Santos did a um, did a, his uh, portrait drawing with Streamline Arts, and they've oh, and Streamline yeah, yeah. Streamline's done like all those big big name artists sort of things yeah. and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, thankfully I, like that was available to me. Uh, uh, and uh, got so much from all those sorts of things. Uh, obviously, yeah, quite quite pricey to get, but but you know, it, it's the investment in yourself that you're really making. Okay. Hey, so how yeah. how did you get involved with um, Sentient? Because I I remember just being on the internet, and then one day I just started seeing Sentient started like posting and getting things all up there. And I was like, whoa, this came out of nowhere. Yeah, how that how that come about? Um, I mean, I was the same as you, like, I just 
discovered Sentia one day, uh, just because a lot of the artists that they had, I, you know, I really look up to, like mm. Brian Mark Taylor, Josh Clare, mm. Michael Mom, um, you know, all those guys, Alvin Paselka. Mm. And I just, I was like, oh my God, like, you know, uh, and this is before I had anything to do with them. I was also just looking up their free content. Yeah. I was yeah. like, looking up everything. I was like, you know, it's kind of like background noise. Every time I paint, I just like listen to them and stuff. Um, it was, uh, well, I, I guess I have to credit COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you know, like this year has been pretty crazy for everybody. Mm -hmm. There's ups and downs. Um, like, you know, like I, I don't know if you know this, but I started in a small atelier program here in Cupertino, California. Mm. Uh, Your yeah, personal like, one? Uh, kind of, yeah, yeah. I, I guess so. Like I started, but it's kind of like a branch program off of another art school. And they just kind of allow me to use like their room to, you know, do my, do my stuff in. So, uh, yeah, and I started that like two years ago uh, after I graduated college and I moved back here with my girlfriend. Mm. Uh, and it was, you know, I had to start from the ground up. So we, we only started like with one or two students, right? Mm. And uh, before COVID hit, we were actually almost at like 80, 90 students. Wow. You know? wow. And I was actually like, you know, we, we, we were also able to get like guest artists to come. I really wanted to make it into kind of like a Scottsdale artist school kind of thing. Right, right, right. right. Uh, like different artists, guest artists to come. So I was already in talks with people like, uh, I mean, Jacob Hankinson already came two times. He's a good friend of mine. Mm. Now we met through just working together. And um, I was talking already to like people like Zin Lim. And he wow. was actually... Come like we already had signups and we had to like cancel. Dang, um, oh, that would have been sick. Yeah, and I was talking to you know I was talking to people like Michelle Dudaway, like Nathan mm. Shea, and you know mm. we were, I already had like people Whoa. lined. You know what I mean? Wow. Uh, even like I was even about to ask uh, Vincent Desiderio, who's actually a you know a close family friend of ours, uh, right. to come too, and and everything came down because of COVID. <sighs> and. Man. Two years ago, like, I was so focused on the school. I was so focused on teaching. You know, those are the guys who follow me on Instagram. I mean, that time I only had, like, two, 3,000 followers, and I mm -hmm. don't really post that much. Mm. Uh, and I definitely did not post much at all, you know, over the course of the two years just because I've just been so busy teaching. I didn't have time to work. I didn't have time to paint. Yeah. Uh, I only painted, like, once a, once a week, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, because right. I was hosting an open model session for the atelier every night, mm -hmm. uh, every Thursday night. So that was the only time I get to paint myself. Every time else, like I was just drawing and I was teaching how to draw and stuff, which is still mm. good, right? But, you know, when COVID hit, I was definitely already not in the painting mood anymore. I was like out of it completely. Mm. And we, we like completely, lo like we lost like, I think over half of our students overnight uh, just because of, yeah. uh, you know, everyone was like kind of freaking out in a way. I didn't really blame them, right? Yeah. But yeah. it was kind of a, a really stressful time, you know? And I mean, thank God I had savings because like, you know, if mm. not, I would have been super stressed out. Uh, yeah. But it was, you know, had that. And um, and then I was thinking like, oh, you know, I, I really want to try to get back into painting. But mm. you know, that actually like, it was kind of bad. Like it was everything, everything fell through. I completely just like was, I just completely checked out. Like yeah. I was in bed, like just chilling every day. 
not do anything for like two weeks. Like I was just like playing video games, like just, you know, eating snacks and stuff. <laughs> it was like not good at all. Uh, and I was like not doing anything. And, you know, after the first week, I actually had to, you know, I have to thank my girlfriend because, uh, you know, after like day five of just me in bed, you know, eating like my, I don't know how much, how many slices of pizza already. Body weight in pizza. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, how are you not getting on my cakes about this, you know? <laughs> And then I was like, this is disgusting. How are you not like, you know, <laughs> oh, yelling? God. <laughs> and she's like, what? She's like, I don't see anything wrong with this. She's like, you're tired. You've been working way too hard. You deserve this. Break. You shouldn't feel bad about it. And I was just like, mm. you know what? And hopefully anyone listening to this, you know, like I, this is really important where I feel like taking a break, letting mm. yourself take a break is super, super important. You know what I mean? Like I didn't realize that until... She said that, and I was like, you know what? I do kind of deserve a break, right? I've been working like for two years, like nonstop. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take yeah. a break. So I still, I, I spent another week, just not feeling guilty about taking a break, and I just kind of completely let myself go, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and during that time, I was, I occasionally would scroll on Instagram, and I happened across this one artist. Uh, he actually is also. I'm actually gonna be teaching a workshop with him uh, senti- at, for Sentient Academy. Oh, uh, Jared yeah. Brady, um, Jared uh, Brady. Yeah, yeah. So I saw he was doing this thing called the Strata Challenge, and then he was getting really good, like through each Strata Challenge he was doing. I was like, oh my god, this kid's like really, really good. Yeah. I was like, what is a Strata? So I started researching what a Strata Challenge is. So a Strata Challenge, for those who are listening who don't know what it is, mm. is basically um, a challenge that was hosted by uh, Strata Ezos, Brian Mark Taylor. Um, mm. And basically, it's uh, you paint something from life every day for 30 days. Mm. Uh, and I was like, man, I really want to get back into painting. So I just made a decision to do it because I was like, I need to be held accountable. Like yeah. if I put it online, then mm. the people online will hold me accountable, right? <laughs> so I just started, you know, day one, gruesome, like brutal, actually, because like I just it was hard for me to even like paint for more than 15 minutes. Like after 15 minutes, I tapped out. I went to like yeah. go to somewhere. And then I came back and I started painting for another 15 minutes. And then I just kind of, you know, squeezed out like an hour painting from that. Just like really, really, it was okay though. It was like a panda paint. Actually, it was the painting that I recently gave away for my giveaway, for my 20K giveaway. That was the oh, painting. Yeah. Or oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I just, I kept forcing myself to do it. Like I, I kept forcing myself to get up today. So just paint something. Right. Mm. And you know, it, it started becoming more and more fun. I started like refining like that passion of for mm. painting. I think around day four or day five, mm. I think. And I think it was around day seven, day eight. I don't know. I'm just stealing random. <laughs> right? uh, I painted like this lion sculpture. I think oh, yeah. it was, uh, I was not following the rules of Strata Challenge. Like I literally was just painting. <laughs> like, <sometimes. Cheating. laughs> yeah. I, although it's okay. During my second round, like that was the first time I tried a Strata Challenge, mm. and then I took a little break, and then I did it a, a second time. And I, that time I did. That's when I started my stuffed animal series. But no, that's a, that's for later. But uh, but the first time um, I was just doing random images, random references, and it was uh, this lion sculpture. But that I did, and. You know, uh, and it was around that time, I think, 
it was Keith. Keith, he's the co-founder of Sentient Academy uh, with Brian Mark Taylor. He, I think he liked it. And I think they started Ezo, shared it onto their page. Mm. Uh, and I was like, oh, cool. They shared it. <laughs> yeah. and, it might have been when I, when, I started, when I first found you, actually. Really? Yeah, oh. I, I, it might have been actually because yeah. I remember it was during yeah. a Strata challenge that yeah. Yeah, I yeah. was started started following you from. Yeah, yeah. so it might have been that reshare that I actually might found been, from. Might have been. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. So then I just remembered. Uh, oh, let me think. How did it happen again? Uh, I, I did like a live stream one night uh, with. It was just like a random Instagram live stream. It wasn't anything serious. I literally was just saying hi to people. Uh, and there wasn't many people. Like like I said, that time I only had like, what, 3,000, 4,000 followers. Like, there wasn't many people attending. That time it was like, what, five people online. Uh, but one of those people was Keith. And mm. I was surprised to see his name. I'm like, oh, this is the person that co-founded Centennial County. Oh, I better do good then, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. And then he started like, asking me a bunch of questions. I started, we started having a little... Uh, Sorry, that was by Alexa. <laughs> um, and then we start having a conversation, you know, via the live stream where he types and I just answer. It was just like random, like, you know, hey, like, yeah, yeah. like what colors are you using or whatever, right? Um, and then later he DM'd me asking like, oh, hey, we're a part of Sentient Academy, you know, I was wondering like, you know, uh, if you'll be down, maybe we could do like a collaboration in the future. Mm. And at that time, I was like, I just couldn't believe it was real because I was just like, oh my God, like, are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure about that? Because I'm like, I, I didn't feel like I was like, you know, like that, that qualified. I don't know. Every artist, every like, artist ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll be, I mean, but then again, I was like, it's an opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. So I was like, I love to, I love to do, I love to collaborate. Like, like how do we start? When do we start? And, you know, it started out with just like this free demonstration that I did for them on their YouTube. I think it was like one of their first Monday. They, they started doing, like, this small series of, like, every Monday, I believe, or someday mm. in the weekdays, uh, where um, they had, like, an artist doing, like, a one-hour uh, free demonstration stream. Mm. So I did that for them. It was, like, a portrait painting. Uh, and then after that, I just thought it was it. Like, after that, I stopped hearing from them. So I was like, okay, mm. I, guess, I guess I must have butchered my demo or something, I guess. <laughs> Uh, I was like, okay. I they guess must have I, realized how bad I was. <laughs> I was like, oh well, at least my name is in their website. I mean, on their yeah. YouTube. So yeah. hey, that's something, right? Yeah. Uh, and then they contact me back like a few weeks later, saying like, hey, you know, we love to have you as an instructor. Like, can we, you know, can I give you a phone call to discuss, you know, our plans? And I'm just like, mm. I just couldn't believe it. I, I gave them my phone number. Keith called me. He was really nice. Like, honestly, Keith is one of the most... Keith, if you're listening to this, dude, one of the most hardworking dudes out there. Like, mm. he worked 24-7 nonstop uh, for the community. So, It yeah. shows. So, it shows with Sentient, man. Yeah, it really shows. Yeah, he's, like, the reason why Sentient's the way it is. So, big shout-out to him. He's definitely deserves all the credit that he gets. Uh, but, yeah, and then he called me. And I just remember, like, I was thinking, like, why are you wasting your time talking to me? <laughs> Not Claire, like, what do you need me for? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> like, major imposter syndrome. Because that time, yeah. that was before Jared went on board. And that was only when they had, like, a very limited small number of instructors. And all the instructors they had, they were, like, big names. Mm. Like, I was just like... Like, and I was looking yeah. at Instagram account, too. They were all, like... 
10,000, 20,000, 30,000, yeah. 50,000. I was like, I have like 3,000, 4,000. I was like, I don't feel like I belong here. <laughs> like, this, you know, and I even told him that. And Keith just said something like, you know, like, just because you don't have that much follower count right now doesn't mean you won't in the future, right? Mm-hmm. You definitely will. It's just a matter of time. And you definitely will be able to bring something new to the table, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. It was also because I was kind of young, too. So I guess, you know. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I, so I, I signed a contract with them. Uh, <laughs> pretty crazy. It all happened within a span of like one month from yeah. this, that live stream Instagram to like signing the contract with them. Nice. Then, wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I did, uh, yeah, I, I did like a portrait course curriculum for them, which you can probably find on their website now. And uh, doing like live stream demos for them every biweekly. Uh, mm. that's kind of like what I'm doing with them right now it's, it's 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 like I'm still like I'm feeling a little better now being on there because yeah. like, I'm oh you know like it feels good now like it feels okay yeah. now the first month definitely imposter syndrome galore mm. like I was like ah I still out that I wonder how it'll take them to see but now yeah. I'm like, you know I'm like oh okay I'm on here everyone yeah. chill it's chill, yeah. right? Yeah. Nobody yeah. said anything yet. <laughs> said anything yet, so I guess I'm in the clear. Yeah. <laughs> it's like me, and like you know, I've you know, I was able to kind of help out some of their students as well. So, mm. uh, yeah, yeah. That's good. man, that's great. That's incredible. It's like, isn't that incredible? Like you know, we you can go from losing half your students, things that you worked on for like two years straight, and in the span of a month from a random live stream, you know, you're like. You're back on top again. You're doing, you know, you're just like a brand new direction. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Actually, I forgot to mention this one little part. I guess it's not a little part. It's a pretty part that oh. I mentioned. I almost quit art altogether. Oh, damn. Yeah, I, I was about Dang. to like sell everything. I was about to sell my shot. I was about to sell my easels. I was like looking online like, you know, it's a little embarrassing to say, but I'm not afraid to say it. Like, you know, I've never yeah. had a job before. Like my first job was teaching oil painting workshops. And selling paintings. I've never had a normal job before, uh, so it's kind of scary. But I literally was about to like, I was literally about to quit art. So I was like, I can't do this anymore, right? And I was like looking on, like, I wonder if like McDonald's is hiring. <laughs> like, I'm totally happy with just doing that, you know. I, I was like, yeah. I wonder if like I could like drive Uber for like you know during the pandemic. I wonder if that's a possibility. <laughs> just researching into things like that because I was yeah. like literally about to throw in the towel. So you know, I gotta think. Strata, Sentient, and also just Primark Taylor, you know, everyone, because, uh, like, they, they kind of saved, like, not all, like, they saved my career in a way, because, like, yeah. I was yeah. about to throw, like, I was about to, like, you know, disband the atelier, I was about to <laughs> you know, sell, like, 20 bucks a piece just to get rid of them, uh, yeah. <laughs> God, man, I'm, I'm very thankful that you chose not to do that, man. Really appreciate, it. and I'm sure many, many people are too, man. Because like, what just seeing your paintings pop up on my feed, I'm just like, fuck yeah, that's okay. sick. You know, it makes me. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this is this is why we paint. It's just to make incredible shit, man. Man, wow, I can't believe you were that close to to just just saying uh, this yeah, is it. I've told a few people before, but I guess now everyone knows. <laughs> since I just, <laughs> but yeah, you know. Yeah. Wow, man, that's just, it's just. It, that's the life that we choose really like uh it, it looks you know it doesn't matter who 
who you look at, it could be like the greatest artist or whatever, but like behind the scenes, like we're all kind of like, you know, just pressing yeah. a little bit forward inch by inch going like, oh, will this be the day that, <laughs> you know, it all caves in on me? <laughs> it, yeah. It's just, oh, it's crazy. It's crazy how, um, how, uh, how much of a tightrope we as artists kind of uh, walk on to, yeah. and then and then on top of that, just there's so many things already out of our control, and then to have like uh, the the pandemic hit us, and then yeah. essentially have the whole world just stop on us, we're, and and already we're we're already walking a tightrope, <laughs> so yeah. it's like yeah. dang. Man, who took the rope? <laughs> yeah, so oh man, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's crazy. That's crazy. You never had a uh, you've never had a day job before at all. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I, I, that's I, very I, impressive, man. That's very impressive. Big congratulations for doing that. Thank you. How 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 was was that? You kind of just so you just said you were selling selling paintings. You should do uh, teaching and stuff like that to make make ends meet, sort of thing. Yeah, a little bit. Actually, um, yeah, I, it was also because of my mom, too. Like, my mom's, like, very strict with me when she was, uh, when I was growing up. Uh, she's not an artist, but she did help my dad by, with a lot of behind-the-art scenes. Uh, mm -hmm. Behind, like, you know, behind the, you know, what was that? What's that? Like, behind-the-scenes kind behind of thing. Behind-the-scenes, yeah, yeah. Scenes, um, where she was helping him, with, like, with sales, with, like, promoting, with marketing and stuff. Mm. And, Mm -hmm. You know, like she, like when I came back from China, she saw that I had like works done, yep. even though they were not, you know, like like she made me like go to uh, like galleries and stuff, and then she made me uh, like I was like still like in I think like sophomore year, junior year, high school at that time, and she made me go in. And she's like, like go in and like get a number, get a number from like the gallery owner, make a strike a connection and stuff like that. So wow. she was kind of like that, right? Like she was trying to teach me the business side of things because you yeah. know. Not really taught, you know. In, in, nope. In, even in ateliers, you don't teach that. Like, so, yeah. um, so like she told me, like when I was about to go to college, like I asked her, like, well, I I was like telling her, oh, uh, I might get like the part time job uh, when I'm in college, right? Mm. To just kind of get a extra earning, uh, maybe working like Starbucks or whatever, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Like I was like. Yeah do that anyways just to get some life experience but she just yeah. told me you know like you have the skill like you can draw like not a lot of people can say that they could do that and you're good enough that you know you could probably make some kind of financial monetary gains from it if you were to mm -hmm. play your right so she says and she says life is too short like you know especially the career you're going off of yeah it's a little uncertain right so mm -hmm. you want to be as prepared as possible so she just told me, like, if you're going to get a job, only get, like, a non-art job as, like, a last resort. If, like, there's nothing else. But mm -hmm. don't make it your first priority. If you can get something that's, like, art-related, that way you can still work on your craft while bringing in money, that is the best thing to do. You know, that's something I tell my students, too. Like, if you can get something art-related first, even if it pays slightly less than, like, a normal, like, barista cashier or whatever like server yeah. job um take that instead take the mm -hmm. lower because like that not only will it and it's like relevant to your experience too it's relevant to your resume as well so you know i took that i took that um took her advice on that and the first job actually uh it was actually a job that i kind of gave i guess myself in a way 
where um, there was this art studio school called School 33 near mm -hmm. my college. And I went to go, like, I literally just searched them up online when this is around like the start of sophomore year. Yeah. I searched them up online because I was just saying, like, oh, you know, I wonder if, you know, I, I can teach, right? So, like, I was like, because uh, I taught a little drawing before and I had, like, I actually had some private students uh, coming to study with me. Even like freshman uh -huh. year, I had, like, one or two classmates who came wow. to study. I wasn't charging them. Like, it was all for free. One of them was actually yeah. my roommate. Uh, I, I taught him a little bit because he was doing, his name was Tyler Ballin. He, he's actually pretty good, right? Like, he's uh, making these, like, large uh, religious um, paintings of, uh, he's putting black people in this religious settings and it's, like, larger than life paintings. It's really cool, actually. Whoopi Goldberg, uh, like, wears one of, like, the, his shirts that has his paintings on it. And, like, oh, like wow. Ice Cube, like, shouted out his paintings recently, too. So What's he's, his like, last name again? Tyler Ballon, B-A-L-L-O-N. B-A-L-L-O-N. Uh, yeah. yeah. But like, you know, uh, <laughs> like, he was my roommate uh, first right. year. Really a nice guy. Really, really nice guy, Tyler. Um, and then, like, he saw what I was doing, and then he wanted to do realism, too. So but he mm. had no training, and I had a little training. So I just gave him a little bit of, like, the academic kind yep. of training that I went through, like, how to see, how to measure and he kind of just took that and just, you know, that's how he's able to, you know, you know I guess, uh, kind of build yeah. up that. He's, like, really good now. But mm. uh, I, I had some experience doing that, right? Mm. And uh, my first class at School 33 that I taught was just charcoal drawing, right? Mm. Just because, you know, I was a little bit more comfortable with that charcoal yeah. drawing. And it, it was pretty crazy because... Uh, like I, I contacted them asking like, hey, I'm interested in teaching for you guys. Do you guys have any open class slots? Mm. Or do you have any open spaces for a class? That's how I did. Mm. And they were they actually got back to me because you know, I I just code email. Like they don't code email because that's never works, but I all my opportunity that I got are all through code emails. So yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you, like it <laughs> wasn't even how I did it, because like I just attached a bunch of my works in the email. So that's <laughs> right. It's just kind yeah, of like yeah. I know you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to like you know maybe put it in like a folder, but I didn't do that. I was like, I need them to see my work. So I put my image like before the text even. So oh, it nice. Was, and then it was here or whoever, whoever, right? Um, uh, and then like you know, um, I was yeah, and, mm. and they were like yeah, and it was great. That was like my first ever paid job, and. Mm. Uh, it was a little intimidating, actually, because uh, a yeah. lot of the students that came weren't, you know, they weren't, like, my age. They were actually yeah. a little older. Some of them were, like, in their yeah. 30s, 40s, 40s, and 50s. Yeah. And some of them are actually professional painters or artists who's been doing it for, like, decades. Wow. Like, longer than I've... Some of them have been doing it longer than I've been alive. Yeah. And I remember the first time I taught the class, um, I was in this classroom preparing, and... Yeah. They came in, or a student came in, and I greeted them. I shook their hand, like, welcome to the charcoal drawing. And then, like, she's like, oh, yeah, are you the assistant? And I was like, <laughs> she's like, well, what did you get here? I was just like, because um. they saw my work. They showed my work. They didn't show my face. They didn't say who uh, was. Okay. Well, they showed my work, like the instructor's work. 
Okay. So I guess they were thinking that I was like somewhat older. But, right. Well, but that's, that's 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 a positive. That's a de- that's a definite positive. Yeah, I was like I was like nineteen that time. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then I was like, I am the teacher. And then I had some students actually give me like a weird look saying like, you're the teacher, really? Like, what did yeah. we just do for? Like, are we getting like, you know, <laughs> are we getting punk? Like, what is this? Like, right? <laughs> I um, want my money back. <laughs> yeah. So some of them had like some, you know, kept bombarding me with questions because like, I guess they were trying to like see if I was legit. And uh-huh. then I did my demonstration. And then after my demonstration, they were like, oh, you're legit. And some of those oh, students, there we go. they ended up becoming like, some of my long-term students who came to every all of my workshops afterwards. Wow! Uh, and that was like the first gig that I had, and wow. um, <clears throat> it was it was pretty good actually because, like, it was a nonprofit, so they only took a percentage of the proceedings for for their room use. Right. But other than that, I got all the like I got all the earnings, which wow. was nice. great at the time because. Um, like uh, there was like eight nine students that time they were paying like right. 250 uh so it ended and i only showed up there like you know i go there like once a once a week during the weekends like on saturday um right. to teach three hours but i calculated and like my first job i was getting like paid like 150 to 200 per hour <laughs> dang so nice. i was like this is pretty good <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah but it was like you know it's like workshop, so it only lasted yeah. like six weeks, but it was wow. good. You know, that was like my first job. Uh, yeah, and I just kept teaching workshops there um, throughout, just from sophomore year all the way to senior year. Mm. You know, and uh, actually, there's a funny story about my first oil painting workshop. Actually, oh yeah, uh, yeah. After my charcoal workshop, I opened up an oil painting workshop. Right. Uh, just because I don't know, I don't know why they asked me if I could do oil painting. And I just said yes, because like I was like yes. Like, <laughs> is but this before you did oil painting, or this was after I started oil painting for two months? Oh boy, okay. So I said yes, <laughs> <laughs> and some of those students have been oil painting for like ten years. Dang! And I said yes uh, <laughs> after only been oil painting for two months. Uh, but wow. it was it was okay. Like I I I, I think. Like, I just kind of literally just jumped into the deep end of the pool. Uh, like, and it was it was still okay because, like, my drawing was able to translate to the painting. Uh, the only things that I didn't really know, like, there was times where, like, you know, students will be asking me, like, what's the difference between Mars black and ivory black? And I was like, that's a really good question. I just, like, pull out my phone. But I, like, pull it out in secret. So I would, like, start talking to them while I was, like, you know, like, Googling, oh. like, Mars, ivory black difference, like, without them realizing what I was doing, and yeah. I, like, need to look, and then I was, like, you know, I would, like, so I was, like, talking about something else while, like, doing that, and then after I researched, I was, like, oh, that's the difference, and then I would, like, just bring the conversation, I was, like, oh, yeah, by the way, to answer your previous questions, the difference between ivory black and, yeah, so, it was, a, uh, it was a lot of that, right? <laughs> oh, wow. I'm sorry, but that really was how it was, but, you know, so who cares? Yeah. Uh, and actually through doing that, I think that's how I was able to get, I guess, proficient in oil painting under a short amount of time. Mm. You know, because mm-hmm. I was learning while I was teaching, pretending a lot more. But I was really learning it. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was just kind of like that. <laughs> that's incredible. That's incredible. 
Wow, <laughs> man. Props to your mom for, um, wow, having a great sense of business. I think yeah. that's like every Asian mom that does that. Like my fiance, her mom, Asian as well, uh, she, she doesn't even – she doesn't even have a job or anything. She just buys and sells things on eBay, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm just, they just you just they just have this sixth sense about it. <laughs> man, that's incredible. You struck out lucky with that. Wow, that's incredible, man. Man. <laughs> Having your phone out there, just uh just be like, yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you know man. Yeah, they say like, you know, when you're learning under, you know, when you're trying to learn under like not normal circumstances like that, you tend to remember much more clearly. Definitely, definitely so a lot more. It helps me just kind of remember every single little thing. Yeah. Uh, because most of the questions that my students asked me were things that I didn't even know myself. So I had to learn it on the spot while talking to them, while pretending that I knew what I was talking about. Why? <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so your brain just goes into this hyperdrive of just like, okay, just take this in <laughs> quick. It's a full like a, it's a full kind of like a you kind of put yourself in a sort of like a survival sort of state yeah. where like yeah, you if you didn't if you didn't live up to it, you, that's it, you're done for. But yep. you know, just you couldn't crack under pressure, just forced you to exactly. be be like all in on it. That's so good. That's incredible. Yeah, well, I I, I actually started, I, I had a day job. Like, I was working at, like, Cotton On, and then I was working at Nike, uh, selling shoes and stuff, which which actually benefited me a lot because at Nike and selling shoes, it was really, like, uh, upfront talking to people, talking to random people all the time, selling a product. And, and uh, that's what really taught me how to just have a conversation flow uh, my mannerisms, talking to people and uh, talking to people about a specific thing and reasons about a specific thing, like the shoes and the clothes and all these things like that. And uh, uh, coming off the back of that, going into, I, I actually did, my first workshop I, I taught was actually an oil painting workshop. So, uh, and then after that, I did charcoal drawing workshop. So I back to front uh, compared to you. So, um, but going into the first workshop, uh, I found that, you know, if I just implemented all the things that I learned from selling shoes, uh, the way that I talk and the way that I present things, stuff like that, I could transition that into yeah. the way that I presented like my art and stuff like that. And oh, so, yeah, so super beneficial for that. And uh, like you said, the business side of art is something that, you know, nowadays we've got all these platforms that teach all these incredible ways to paint and seeing these artists and how they paint. But nobody, nobody's really teaching how to like make it a business. You know, it, it, it's something that I kind of find myself similar to back in the day, where I'm just like grabbing at scraps uh, for for painting advice. Now I'm kind of grabbing at scraps for like painting business advice. Um, but you know, we've got incredible like sort of business entrepreneurs and stuff like that, which you can kind of synthesize and sort of transition into your painting sort of practice. Yeah, Thankfully, yeah. like, like, uh, like, uh, like Gary V and like, uh, I don't know, Jordan Belfort, you know, like the Wolf of yeah. Wall Street. Yeah. He does a lot of like his sales teaching stuff like that on his website. And, uh, that's something I've been learning a lot from. And, uh, yeah, like the, the business side of things is, uh, is, 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 is probably the biggest side of things outside of like the painting itself, really. 
like how 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 are you going now managing so are you running that all by yourself or is somebody helping you with that or what's what's your sort of like setup for your sort of the way that you conduct yourself in the business sort of side of your art um so i mean yeah like i've been in a few galleries before uh are you talking about like selling art or well like anything like how how are you sort of like uh, presenting yourself like you're selling works now, selling workshops and stuff like that. Do you, oh, do you, yeah, just like, yeah. How am I making a living from it? I guess, yeah, 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 uh, that sort of stuff, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so I, I took the advice of Daniel Keyes when I first asked him how to do it because I asked him when I was still a student and he just said something to me that really made sense. And I was already kind of doing that at that time, but it just really solidified everything. And he just said, you need to have multiple sources of income. Yeah, like, diversity. No, yep. You need to have at least four to five sources mm -hmm. of income. If you don't have at least three, then you know you got to get a little bit more, right? So right now, I actually have a few different sources. I guess I could just list off yeah. all my sources. Just, I don't know if this can help anybody who's listening, you know, like For I sure. guess. You know, it definitely like, will. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so, you know, I have the atelier where, you know, I'm splitting revenues with the school that I'm sharing it with. Uh, so right now we were able to kind of gain back a few students. We have like around 40 to 50 now. Oh, uh, nice. Nice. I'm revenues with them on that. And that gives me a good percentage uh, every month. Um, yep. And just that with them, that's enough to pay rent, right? Oh, fantastic. You know, so that's just, you know, just one of my sources is enough to pay rent. And then... Uh, after that, uh, I have my thing with uh, with Sentient, right? Um, you know, and they, they give me like it's it's not too much, but it's like okay. And you know, I'm not really doing it for money with them. I'm mainly working with them just because I really want to. And I think a lot of other artists too are mainly working with Sentient because you know, and it's a startup too, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just to kind of spread the knowledge and just kind of support the mission that they have, which. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree with. That's why, like, I even told Keith, I was like, yeah, I don't even care how much you pay me. I don't, like, I'll do it no matter what. Yeah. You pay me, like, 50 cents and I'll still do it, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't care. Like, I'm not doing this for money, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I have that with them, right? That, you know, is a okay mm -hmm. percentage. And, um, I'm actually also, not a lot of people know this, but I'm actually also teaching at um, this private uh, art high school in San Francisco. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So I'm teaching uh, the students there. Uh, nice. Every they're probably they're definitely probably watching this right now. So hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because uh, they look at my stuff online a lot. Oh, but nice. yeah, so you know, um, I'm teaching there Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I'm actually traveling there, uh, teaching in person, and mm -hmm. I them uh, drawing and painting. You know, and just a little bit of a note on that. It's yeah. uh, you know, I, I try to teach them as if it's like a workshop. Like, yeah. I don't teach them like it's a high school classroom. I try to teach yeah, them in a way where, and you know, they've been making beautiful works through that. And they're like, oh, we've done the learn stuff like this. I'm like, of course, because, you know, <laughs> normal high schools usually, you know, they don't do, like, yeah. I bring in, like, the shot boxes. I bring in, like, you know, all my, you know, we watch, like, I literally, like, we watch, like, Daniel Key's videos sometimes. Like, we watch, like, we look at, I bring them, like, all the Prima book, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I try to really expose them to the things that, you know, even in college, they're not, not going to get exposed to. No. So that's incredible. Yeah. That. And, you know, that gives me a pretty good percentage too every month. Right. Mm. Um, mm. I think 
much as the atelier, if not a little bit more. So it's pretty yeah. good. Um, and then that's like my third source of income. Mm. And then, uh, shoot. I'm also teaching at Pacific Art League, which is like the art league uh, around here. Um, mm-hmm. And I teach like every Friday, I teach like online portrait painting workshops. I love the students there too. Mm. You might be seeing this as well. as up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, so there, uh, I'm also doing that as well. And that reels, it, reels me in a pretty good percentage every month. And um, after that, I have my private students. Mm. Uh, I have, I think, like four or five private students right now. Uh, and they're studying with me. Uh, based on what they're doing, they're studying with me and paying like around like uh, 50 to 100 per hour, like depending on what the subject is, depending on like what the intensive intensity yep. is. Uh, of the of the subject we're doing, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then after that, I you know I sell paintings online too. Like I sell yeah. them on Instagram. So you know those are the most sporadic ones because the mm. ones that I teach off of those are they come every month. Mm. So they come every month, and uh, the Instagram or like the you know paintings that I sell off of online or whatever, those um they become they come sporadically. But, you know, when they come, they come, and it's yeah. good. Uh, and when I was doing my second Strata series, it was really good. Like, I was doing a bunch of stuffed animals, um, you know. Not mm. for, like, I didn't, like, I didn't think it was going to be a thing. I didn't think it was going to blow up because <laughs> I remember it was crazy. I had no idea it was going to, like, I, I went from, like, 10,000 followers to 20,000 followers in the span of, like, one month just from doing that. I remember uh, seeing that myself. Yeah, it was crazy. Like <laughs> that was pretty wild. That Winnie the Pooh painting got like like seventeen thousand likes. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what is this? What's happening? <laughs> I should have been painting stuffed animals all along. <laughs> yeah, um, and then it was crazy. Like I literally was just trying to find things to paint for a strata show. It was like around like day five, and yeah. then I just saw like this little you know little stuffed animals that uh, my girlfriend had, and I just painted it, and then like more and more people started. Giving me stuff, and I'm saying, "Oh, you should paint this. You should paint this. You should paint this." And I was like, "Okay, okay." And then, like, you know, so I have a bunch. I literally have like three giant backbows of stuffed animals right there <laughs> in the corner, you know. That's uh, and none of them are mine. I have like two stuffed animals at home. You know, yeah. people think I'm like some weird stuffed animal collector. I'm like, I'm not. Like, these are all <laughs> lend me their stuffed animals. I myself only maybe have two, and those aren't even mine. Those are my girlfriend's. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, sure, buddy, sure, buddy. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that month was pretty crazy. Like, I think eighty percent of everything I did sold. Mm. Uh, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I sold like around fifteen, sixteen paintings. I think. Dang. Uh, actually, I think a little bit more, around like twenty paintings. I think. Mm. And in that month, I basically just made like what I would have made every month. Like, I made like two, three times <laughs> like that. So <laughs> a little cushioning too. Uh, yeah, but I yeah. stopped that just because I, I, I was like I don't want to be known as the stuffed animal painter. <laughs> get like, to that point hey. <laughs> I mean I, I would still do it here and there occasionally yeah, yeah of course people ask me about it and mm. it is fun to do if you haven't ever painted stuffed animals before I definitely recommend you doing it it's mm. like this weird kind of in between it's not really a portrait it's not really a still life it's not really like a little stuffed animal I mean it's not really an animal but yeah. it's not really alive but it can seem alive it's like yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's, it's weird but it's it's fun right uh i definitely recommend you guys trying it anyone who's listening to this or even you you're like try yeah, it yeah, like for sure it's, and it's actually really easy to paint too like it just yeah. kind of comes out 
it's pretty you easy. You pose to- it how you like. <laughs> yeah, you can pose it how. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, and light it how you like. Yeah, really, like you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it it was good. So now I'm like, um, just kind of painting here and there. I started slowing down a little bit more due to just my busy teaching schedule. Once again, oh, yes. I'm probably yeah. gonna do another strata challenge soon, and it's gonna be the turn of the stuffed animals. Um, <laughs> but yeah, right now I'm just kind of going around exploring. I don't, I don't really actually. That's the reason why I don't want to be. Maybe like I haven't worked extensively or intensively with a gallery yet. I, I just don't want to be pigeonholed mm. just like one specific genre. Like I kind of want to jump around, just paint yeah. whatever. Like yeah. if I want to paint something that's like a portrait or landscape, like whatever, I could do that. I could want to paint stuffed animals, I could do that. If I want to mm. paint like more characters, I could do that. Like it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Don't be on my case about it. Uh, so yeah, I think right now with social media being a really powerful tool, mm. um, it definitely makes it a lot easier for artists like myself. Yeah. Or even like you to, you know, um, make yeah. sales, um, you know, I guess, live off your paintings, right? That's uh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Di- diversity of income is, yeah. is probably people yeah. that aren't business orientated would never have heard that before, right? Yeah. yeah That's yeah, something yeah. I only stumbled across <laughs> after just like desperately looking how to like run a business how to like you know the the whole like rich dad poor dad sort of thing as well like a cash flow game and stuff like that like that's you know that's i just came across that just by desperately looking for that and like if i had just been like focused on just solely painting 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 uh i'd I'd never would have found that you know and i I would have been like worse for it really because uh no matter what we do in life you know it's hard enough to just uh have one source of income like if anybody's worked a regular like retail job can tell you it's like shit man i gotta get like three other jobs on top of this yeah (laughs) you know and that's that's just you know reality of like having an economy based on fiat currency and stuff like that and it continually you know whatever (laughs) whole another conversation but uh (laughs) yeah just diversity of income uh, is the biggest thing for artists really and it and Andrew actually, Andrew Tischler talked to me about this and he talks about like, because uh, uh, ages ago I talked to him and I was like, dude, like, what, what should I be doing? What, sh- what should be my direction, my direction be? He's like, Zach, uh, you should be teaching. Like, uh, no matter like how good you are here, how good you are there, you should be teaching. There's always going to be somebody that doesn't know as much as you do, right? Yeah. So there's always going to be somebody that you know a little bit more than that you can pass on some knowledge from, you know? Yeah. You know, you you don't have to sell yourself as like, oh, uh, I'm the I'm I'm the next Richard Schmidt, and you know I've been doing this for like 80 years. You don't need you don't need to be like that. You can just be like, look, this this is who I am, this is what I know, uh, and then people that you know, you know, people look at that and they go, oh, okay, okay, that actually looks doable. You know, I don't need to have 60 plus years under my belt to do this. Dude's been doing it for like six, you know, five years, whatever, and, and and is teaching this to me, you know, and it, and it becomes, you know, a lot more open for people to look at and stuff like that. Yeah, so the teach, teaching is such a big thing. Hey, is aside from just like uh, the the work itself, but people are just, you know, really hungry for that, especially because it's not taught in our schools, oh, yeah. it's not taught in that university at all. 
yeah so yeah people are always looking how to like representational art is uh, always such a big thing such a big big thing not here in australia but everywhere else in the world yeah yeah for sure <laughs> yeah everyone here just uh i don't know what it is people just it's just because we have that one culture of postmodern type of thing yeah. uh and and that's kind of it <laughs> and then and then all we have after that is just like uh the paint and sip you know paint and sip sort of like classes where you oh paint and sip oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. where you bring okay. like your alcohol and you sit down and you go whoa i'm <laughs> i'm doing a little scene <laughs> yeah. yeah i actually tried applying to a job as a paint and sip instructor actually when i yes. was in college uh, and they got back to me saying I was overqualified. <laughs> they were like, we'll feel bad. But they were like, you should probably, like, this is before School 33. Yes. So I was, like, applying everywhere. And I applied there. And, like, they got back to me. And then they were just like, yeah, you're over. Like, we don't think, like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> think it's, like, suitable for you. You should be teaching actual workshops. And yes. Then, I was like, oh, I, I was like, no, 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 it's okay. I, I wanted money that time, so I was like, no, 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 it's okay. I'm not overqualified. I'm underqualified. Like, here, cut. <laughs> no, 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 seriously. Please, I'll we'll, dumb we'll it down. I'll dumb it down. They're like, no, we'll feel like we're insulting you if we hire you, so you just, you just do something else. I'm like, wow, that was like, I don't even know how to take that because I was like, <laughs> like, I was like, you just rejected me of a job. I was like, I, I don't. Good. I was like, I didn't, I didn't think that was a thing, but yeah, yeah. I think that's the reason why I, I teach. Because, um, you know, I mean, and that's actually the reason why I started my atelier, mm. right? Because I, like, I felt like, you know, so many art programs nowadays, um, like the college ones, universities ones, like you're, you're going to be paying, you're going to be in debt for like the majority of your time when you go there. Uh, and you end up maybe learning something and maybe not. Most yeah. of the time, probably not in terms of like realism or in terms of representational uh, foundation mm. right mm. um and i just remember just how hard it was for me how hungry i was for it and it mm. was just how, like it was so hard to i guess attain that kind of knowledge right so you know mm. the reason why i teach nowadays is um like like if i can make it easier for someone who had that same passion that i did or have that same interest that i did if i can make it easier for them I, if i can get them from step a to step b Mm. in a shorter amount of time than it took me mm. then you know i'm happy to do that right like um like i've met students before where they ended up not even like coming to class uh they just came to take a trial class and i always tell them i'm like hey listen like you know like i would talk to them and they'll tell mm. me what their goals are and i'm like oh well you know what maybe you're not you know you don't need to be here if you know you want to learn this 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 tell you what here are other resources for you to go to you know, and I would give them everything I know. Like, mm. I would tell them, like, scholarship programs, like, to study with the Daniel Keys or, like, you know, other stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like, opportunities for competitions, like, depending on who they are or even other ateliers where they want to learn a specific thing. Uh, and I was like, you'll probably be better off at this atelier, not mine, right? Mm. So, and they would ask me, like, oh, why are you doing this for me? Like, you know, you're not gaining anything from that. I'm like, I'm, I mean, I am because, like, I tell them, and they're, they were asking me, like, oh, like, how can we repay you for helping us with this, right? Mm. And I just tell them, especially if, if they were, like, younger students, mm. I'll just tell them, like, it doesn't really matter, but if they were younger students, I'd be like, well, when, you know, in the future when you're, like, you know, where you get to a certain level and mm. you see someone else who is struggling or who is beginning at, mm. like, the beginning stage of their whatever, right? 
you just help them out the way that I'm helping you. Pay it forward. And pay it forward, and that's your way that you can like thank me, I guess. Mm. Because, I mean, that's the whole idea that Richard Schmidt had. Uh, when mm. he took in people like Daniel Keyes, Michelle Dudaway, uh, Michelle told me this actually, and you know, like he just was like so generous with his knowledge, you know, um, like he was able to, you know, he was friends with, like he took on. I mean, he didn't teach Daniel Keyes. Uh, Daniel says like they just became really good friends and they painted together. Um, mm. he was able to soak up the knowledge just through painting with him, mm. and so did Michelle, right? And that's the reason why Daniel started Palette Project. Mm. He's to enforce Richard's mission of kind of passing it down in the next generation, right? Mm. Uh, and I mean, I don't know if you heard about Palo Project, but it is honestly just like this, this super, super generous opportunity that like you would not expect out of any other institutions. Like, yeah. uh, like they pay for everything. They'll give you right. free brushes and you could study with not just Daniel Keyes. He brings in yeah. guests too. Like the first year I was there, like Tim Reese was there, Michelle Dunaway, Josh Clare, like they were all there. Wow. Yeah. And then Michelle met me that day. And then that, and she met me and she knew me through that. And then she later on DM'd me on Instagram saying, like, hey, I'm hosting a workshop at Richard's Puppy Bar. Would you like to come on scholarship? And I was like, oh my God. So, you know, I got to like go to the Puppy Barn in Vermont and paints like with Michelle and everyone and <laughs> you know it was just you know it was like kind of like this snowball of opportunities that just happened just through the kindness of just one person and that mm. kind of snowballed into so many other opportunities right so I mm. feel like just a little bit of information or just a little push right mm. that will be enough to just help anyone out and you know you never know where it's gonna get them in the long run Right. Hey. Uh, so yeah, wow. you know. <laughs> Man, that palette project, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. I've only ever heard of it First through Daniel. Yeah, um, I went years in a row. Actually, it used to be 16 to 21 years old. Uh, right. And then when I was 21 on my second time there, I was like, hey, Daniel, I want to come back next year. Can you like heighten, like, you know, raise the age up by one? And yeah. he's like, I guess. <laughs> like he did. <laughs> So you're welcome, 22-year-olds who can attend. And I'm sorry, 16-year-olds who can't attend. Actually, you can still attend. I sent two of my atelier students, uh, Xiaozi and Unjin, um, there uh, last year, actually. Mm. Uh, or was it this year? I don't even know anymore because of like the whole COVID thing. But it, <laughs> last, like, it was the last college project they went, and they were able to study there. So they were two of my atelier students, and they got mm. to that. And I guess they had a good time. But Yeah. Yeah. Man, that 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 pay it forward. That's exactly what yeah. I feel like the the broader art community is all about. Like, okay. no matter who it is, you can just message them online, and yeah. Yeah. everybody's so helpful. You know, like yeah. the the I haven't ever had like somebody be like, "Oh no, get out of here." You know, <laughs> any sort of response like that. People have always been so like, you know, you you come to them with a question, everybody's like got like their answers to it and ready to go like you're like yeah. wow okay wow that just got answered for me straight away and it's just that asking everybody's so willing to give in the art community yeah. that it's it's just really incredible that paying it forward yeah that's yeah. incredible yeah. yeah man i'm so glad that you decided to keep going with your art career i'm really dude i'm i cannot tell you how thankful i am you decided not to sell 
<laughs> sell out your stuff and just like quit it all together. Yeah, yeah. And like I'm positive that so many people are like that too, man. I really appreciate you uh, coming onto the podcast here and sharing us uh, with this. Uh, man, yeah, wow, really thankful for all this, man. I really appreciate all this. This has been really, really incredible to just hear your story, hear where you come from, and uh, man, going from the, the the sort of troubled kid over to drawing Goku all the time and, and, and <laughs> getting that sort of like uh, discipline and then taking it from there, being hungry, grabbing those two-minute clips wherever you could. <laughs> oh, man, incredible, incredible story. Thank you so much for coming on here and talking with me, man. I really, really appreciate that. I hope you all really enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed it so, so much. Really loved every second of it. Kai's a phenomenal artist. And I hope you enjoyed his story, and I hope you got a lot from his story. So the podcast is going to be posted uh, once a week. There'll be a new podcast out with some really incredible artists down the pipeline here that uh, some of them you've definitely heard of, some of them you're going to hear of and be like, whoa, where were they this whole time that I've been enjoying art and not heard of them? So I'm really excited to bring that to you guys. Hit subscribe, hit the bell so you get notified every time I upload here on YouTube. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Catch up.